following was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated in Memphis, Tennessee. Hello, my name is Rick Cheddar, and this is From Radioland. Greetings, salutations, hello, hey, how's it going? Welcome to another episode from Radioland for the Home Office in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, Studio A, that's where we do it, that's where we keep it, that's what's going on, episode 397. Uh, yeah, hope it's going well for you. I, I don't know what all that was. I, I, I was sitting here uh, just before I uh, turned everything on to record this, and uh, was horsing around with... Um, the mistake that is Facebook, because it's it's amusing to me, and there's some there's some uh, there's a, there's an odd little bug in it. I know it's it's got a bug. It's buggy. It yeah. It's, it's I know it's weird. Just think of it that way. Uh, at least it is with me. Uh, somebody sent me a friend request. Uh, I recently <clears throat> I recently had to go through the friend requests that I that I, oh, the, actually my friends list. And I hate the using that word friends as though that these are people I know. I don't know any of these people. But uh, uh, I, I went through and and wound up finding a bunch of dead people in my <laughs> in my in my feed. Why are you laughing, bro? They're dead. Yeah, I know. Uh, so I, I I unfriended them. I mean, what else are you gonna do? They're dead. They're not gonna contribute to any of the content that you're that you're putting out there. And so I, I, I was a bunch. I, COVID took a lot of them. But I, you know, I've got a, I've got a, uh, you know, I'm up around that limit, that five thousand limit that uh, uh, Facebook likes to to lord over you. Uh, so anyway, I, I pared it down, got the dead people out of there, and along the way, found a few other unsavory folks that I just, yeah, it's just not my scene. Sorry, pal. You know, I, the hate, the the hate filled posts, the the Nazis, the you know, the religious, the high, the deeply religious that that. Haven't gotten it right. <laughs> you know, they just don't. It's not. Okay. You think that that's fine. Okay. Uh, that's nice. Or the religious hatred. That's uh, the, the, the people that are, that are using their, um, their, their hatred uh, to push their religion, which I've never really understood that either. But, you know, I'm under, under no obligation to enjoy any of this. And so uh, I ran them off. And as you do, you start getting friend requests because they've apparently you've opened up the door, right? So it's like, oh, you're you're down a few. So let's, uh, let's let's see if we can fill that back up for you. And uh, Lord have mercy, some of the some of the uh, the uh, the re- the request I got. You know, you look at it, you know, and I have to do this. I I guess I'm like anybody else. You you want to make sure that you're not, you know, aligning yourself with somebody who's, you know crazy or filled with hate or any of that. I I can't do that. You know, um, being a, a public person, you have to be careful as to who it is you lined yourself up with that, that can, that's a thing. And I tell that to people that, um, that, that are, that are also in the public eye. You have to be careful where it is that you are, um, you know, where, where you're hanging, what it is that you're doing, all of that kind of stuff. So, um, you get fooled. So you'll, you'll do something like, you know, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll go through their page, see what they got, see what they post. 
if you have a, a profile pick, that's often, often very handy. If you don't have a profile pick, you're not going to get added. Um, I know it's kind of dumb to be talking about these rules like that, but that's the way it is. And uh, you go through the you go through the feed, and and you go, oh this oh this this well this chap seems lovely. He seems nice. He uh, 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 he's he's a he's a whatever he is, and he does this. He likes that, and 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 you know, okay, I can I can tolerate seeing that in my feed should his post show up there. So you confirm the friend request. You approve it. You push him through. And then the other posts show up. The ones that somehow are not, you know, you don't see them until until you're, you're until you're their friend. And then and then it's like, oh I hate this and you know, and it's like, oh, oh wow, you're you're that guy. Wow, I did not I did not I did not know this. And then you then you unfriend them. And it must be sort of weird. I've I don't, I don't I've never been on that end of the pole here, but there's that you know if you're uh, you, you get that so and so accepted your friend request and then and then they didn't, then they unfriended you. I, it's it's got to be. Like, why are you accept? Why did you unfriend me, uh, bruh? <laughs> yeah, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the guy that's gonna call him out. You know, I'm not gonna say hey. Um, I unfriended you because you're a douchebag. You know, as much as I'd like to do that, I, I you know, let them live in their in their world. I, I just don't want to be a part of it. You know, there's uh, there's there's there are those there are people that will be you know, oh, hey, I I would uh, I I would like to subscribe to your newsletter of thought. You know, that kind of thing, and that's what that's what happens. <clears throat> um, Murray Langston uh, accepted my friend request uh, last week. Uh, and he was, who's who's Murray? Who's Murray? He's the unknown comic. That's who he is. He lives out in uh, California. So hey, there's that. I send him a request. I typically don't. I typically don't send out requests unless I've met that person in public and say, hey, we need to we need to connect. Uh, we'll get do it through the book. You know that kind of thing. Um, most of the time, it's the other way around. I totally get it. I totally get it. So, uh, so there is uh, there is that right. All right. Uh, speaking of friends, we got a we got a hell of a show here coming up uh, today. Uh, at least on this uh, this episode, this is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to sit down with uh, with a with a, a new friend, if you will. Uh, he lives in uh, the UK in London town, as he will tell you. He is also the guitarist for Adam and the Ants. Yes, Adam Ant. He's good. He's his guitar player. Will Crudson will join the program. We're going to talk some music and. And and stuff, and uh, we're just gonna have us a, have us a big old time, and so we invite you to stick through it here. We're gonna go take a little brief pause, and then we're gonna have some fun and uh, and and have a chat with Will. Yeah, so uh, so there you go. We'll be back in just a few moments. Don't run away. You're listening to it right here from Radioland. Would you like to be $600 richer in the next 10 minutes? Then make a free phone call and switch your car insurance to AIS. We get it. Car insurance is boring. We make it fast, fun, and easy. You make one call. We shop dozens of the best car insurance companies and offer you a way to save up to $600 on your car insurance. There are so many special deals and discounts. The best way to get them is to call. Based on your area, we have special discounts for military, teachers, engineers, and good students. Even discounts for low mileage and accident-free drivers. AIS has tons of ways to save you money on your car insurance. Make a free call right now to see what you qualify for. 
New customers who switch to AIS save an average of that's 800-338-1092. Our guest this time around comes to us through the miracle of the internet. He is uh, known for uh, working with all sorts of bands from the UK, and that's where he's calling in from all the way across the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, He's been with Adam Ant notoriously and uh, many others as well. Will Crudson is here. Hello, Will. Hi. How you doing, Rick? I'm I'm all I'm all right. I'm all right. You know, um Joking. we're still trying to fight you know, fight through this COVID nineteen mess. Um I'm I'm assuming you oh you look good. You look like you uh been able to dodge this bullet pretty well. Uh so far so good, yeah. But who knows where that bullet's gonna find its wily way, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh so I get why well, you've had the same thing in Memphis then, obviously, yeah. Oh yeah. It's uh, it's yeah. it was it, you know, it's there's like about what one and a half million people that live in in this area here and mm. about last I heard we were about sixty percent vaccinated. There's a lot of people here that just you know, they're just being funny about this whole thing. But you know, this is an entertainment mm. town, so a lot of the venues got closed and a lot of bands were without work, and it was just really tough and very scary for a lot of people. Yeah, that is horrible. Yeah, yeah. But, um, things getting back to normal gradually. I hope. Yeah, slowly but surely. We, there's the occasional show. There's, in fact, there's a festival going on right now through Garner Records, which is not far from where where we are right now. Uh, there's uh, right. bands from that come in from all over the world. And uh, it's more oh, independent rock and a little bit of punk and it's you know some blues. It's it's some it's some good stuff. It's some really good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, you're in London. Good. You're in London, right? Yeah, London town. Yeah, the capital of uh, the UK. Yes. Um, yeah. It's a lovely city. Uh, there's there's so much yeah. wonderful music that has come from uh, your neck of the woods over the years and. Uh, the sounds that that you have been a part of over this time, but you know, it's it, there's a at least for a guy like me who's been around the scene long enough, I, I can almost hear it. There's a, there's a very distinct sound that comes from the UK, and uh, I don't know quite how to put it. I don't know if it's the uh, you, you you're a Rickenbacker guy, aren't you? I think that may have that kind of that, that there's a there's a sound uh, there. Yeah, I do have a Rickenbacker. It's not a, it's not a kind of typical Rickenbacker though. It's more of a it's a bit more of a chunky sound than your sort of average uh, jangly Rickenbacker sound. Um, it's like an '80s one I've got that I've been using for years. I use a few other guitars as well, but um, yeah, but yeah, it's um, it's a very solid uh, part of my guitar arsenal. I would say, yeah, my Rickenbacker. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's just, but there's that there's a very that that jangly sound. Where where did that come from? Was it was that a just a straight British uh, invention, or was it taken from maybe some of the rock and roll that was happening around these parts, or wh- where did that come from? Well, you know, when I think of uh, the sort of epitome of Rickenbacker jangle, I always think of the birds, and, you know, um, I guess that's uh, over there. That's from over there, isn't it? But um, I think probably the Beatles were using them before that, weren't they? It's just um, I think other bands kind of took it to – a more extreme on along those lines, those kind of jangle pop lines, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, as as most things, it probably came from the Beatles. Probably came from Liverpool. Yeah, I would imagine, and yeah. I would think that. Uh, of course, I, I didn't grow up there, but I would imagine that the Beatles were just such a massive influence on every young guitarist. Yeah, absolutely. Even even indirectly, you know, it's like um, even now, you know, like a new band might come out that's been influenced by their dad being into the Beatles, you know, and then someone will get into them that's only just learning the guitar and then 
you know, it's just, it's always handed down. And, but that's kind of, that was like a massive sort of root of the tree of rock and roll, I guess, you know, was uh, the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. So, so are you, are you a self-taught player or was it just, you know, but did you, did you study it, uh, you know, under, under another player or how did you learn? Yeah, I did. I actually learned classical guitar for a few years while I was growing up. Um, so yeah, I did all the theory exams and practical exams and all that, um, till I was about 16. Um, but I never really wanted to do that. I just always thought it would be a good way of uh, branching out into what I really wanted to do, which was join a band, you know, and, and write my own music and all that. So, um, yeah, but I, I think it's, uh, I definitely feel like it's served me in good stead, you know, with everything I've done. Oh, know? sure. Uh, you're, Being able you're... to read music and all that. Yeah, that it, it never it never fails any young musician when they learn how to do that kind of stuff. You know, that's you know that's that's a good it's a good it's a good little tool to have in the bag. You know, um, yeah. You're doing you're you're doing some stuff now. This uh, is it. Uh, what's the name of this this thing? This it's instrumental thing that you're doing now. That's uh, uh, well, um, I yeah, that's my solo thing, and I go under the name Scant Regard when I do that. Um, I've yeah. been doing that for about ten years. I've had a few albums out over the last ten years. Um, it kind of started off instrumental. There's a bit more vocals coming in now, but it's more kind of uh, along the sort of lines of electronic dance music where you have like a, you might just have a little vocal hook rather than kind of, you know, a verse and then a chorus and all that. So it's a bit more experimental than uh, than a sort of normal song, um, what I do with that. So, uh, yeah, and it's kind of, the idea originally was... Um, I was looking at people like Link Ray and um, right. people that used to do instrumentals and, and where, where the guitar was kind of the main kind of melody, the main hook of the song. Um, but I wanted to, because I, I love electronic music, so I kind of wanted to mix it with that. Um, and I thought that would be a good way of going out and doing it on my own because I, I quite like the idea after being in bands for years um, of doing something on the side on my own. Um, and, yeah, that's what I do. So that's just part of what I do, but, um, it's, uh, very different from a lot of the other things I do because obviously I'm just relying on myself, you know? Well, sure. Yeah. That's, well, that's all part of the, the art of being an artist, you know, being able to let your own creativity do its thing. And, you know, cause you, well, you were, so. you, you were a hired gun for the most part, you know, for, for a long time, uh, uh, working with Adam Ant, uh, for example, that's, that's some heavy stuff right there. Yeah, that's, um, well, I've been doing that for the last 10 years off and on. Um, but before that, I did have my own band called Rachel Stamp. We were going for about 10 years as well. Yeah. Uh, we did quite a lot of touring. And, um, and that's actually how I, I met Adam because he actually got into the band. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've done all, all kinds of different things, really. Sometimes working for other people, sometimes doing my own stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the Rachel the Rachel Stamp work. Uh, God, you guys became like, if I understand this right, the the first unsigned band to sell out the London Astoria. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, it's not actually there anymore, the London Astoria. But it was it was like a really big deal at the time because it was quite a, a big uh, big venue, you know. Um, and we'd supported a couple of bands there. We actually supported No Doubt there and Corn yeah. uh, uh, before that. But then we kind of built up a following and managed to headline there ourselves. And yeah. So yeah, that was a pretty big deal at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we were also working with uh, Iggy Pop and the Tubes, Cheap Trick. I think. Yeah, we supported. Yeah, we supported all those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's great because I met I met up with Cheap Trick a couple of years ago when I was on tour with Adam, 
because um, we happened to be off that night when they were playing and we were in the same town. And I, I think they remembered when <laughs> it was a long time ago when we supported them. But uh, right. they, they kind of, um, they actually borrowed my amp. Um, uh, actually, uh, Rip borrowed my amp on the night. So I feel quite proud that he played through my little marshal you know <laughs> yeah, it uh, happens sometimes you know some guy that you know drops a head or blows a tube or something and next thing you know they're like you know hey I need, yeah. has anybody got anything i can borrow exactly yeah it happens to the best of them <laughs> <laughs> during that time with uh, rachel stamp though that, i guess that's where you really kind of honed your craft as a, as a showman and and working working oh. on stage with these bands right working with other different musicians absolutely yeah that it was a very um i mean we had like a a really great live following and we were very very visual band very kind of four different personalities one of the i guess you could sort of relate it to bands like cheap trick and all that where there's like you know every, every member is kind of an individual uh character you know so um yeah and we were kind of um i guess we got lumped into the sort of glam scene as well because we were you know we were wearing makeup and sort of flashy stuff on stage a lot and um but not in the same way as um you know, the sort of eighties LA glam scene, it was kind of a bit, it was a bit more indie than that. I guess you get the easiest way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. It goes, but, back, yeah. It goes back to the old adage of give the, give the audience something they haven't heard or seen before. And, and, and here, here come you guys. Yeah. I think, I mean, that was a good thing in a way, but in another way we didn't really get, we couldn't get pigeonholed into any kind of, um, I mean, cause at that, at that point when we came out, there was a lot of new metal and all that. And, like I said, we supported corn and we actually got bottled when we supported corn because <laughs> the, they, their audience just wasn't ready for um, the kind of androgyny of the band um, at the time. And a couple of years after that, all these metal bands and Metallica were wearing eyeliner and everything, you know, so yeah, what goes around comes around. But um, yeah, so yeah, we were kind of, we kind of carved our own niche, you know, and we had kind of like a cult following for a few years and built up the live following. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, that's a that's a good thing though. If if you if you get that cult following, they're going to be loyal. They're going to buy tickets. They'll buy T-shirts. You know, and right now the way the that's business it. is, if you're not selling tickets, you got to sell something because records are hard to sell right now, aren't they? That's the thing. Yeah, it's um, it's great that you can still go out on tour and um, people still want to come. Um, so yeah, I mean that's the bit I enjoy the most anyway. So I'm just happy that that's still up and running. You know disease uh you know providing the disease doesn't get in the way of course yeah. <laughs> yeah of course are you are you are you starting to pick up a little bit more now is has uh the late summer early fall looking pretty good uh, yeah i mean i've just done like a couple of months of festivals with with adamant um over here all over here you know um we were supposed to go to ireland but that i think they're because southern ireland is like that's a part of europe and they had different uh restrictions there so we didn't we managed but we still we managed to do I think we did about six festivals over the last couple of months, um, so that was great. But that's kind of uh, finished now. There won't be any touring for me till early next year. Um, but I've got the odd gig, you know, with my band and and my solo stuff as well coming up. So that's I'll just keep busy with that. Really. Well, oh yeah, well that's good that you've that you've got all that stuff. So you're not just you know working mm. for just you know like just working for Adam. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but there's you know having that other stuff to fall back on is pretty cool. Um, your arrival yeah. into the ants that was uh, you that was kind of bittersweet, wasn't it? You were weren't you brought in to replace um, was it was it uh, um, Matthew Ashton? Is that was his name that that passed away? Oh 
Matthew Ashman was actually um, in the original Ants in the 70s. Oh, okay. um, way before you. I think what you mean, you, you may probably mean Tom Edwards because he was. Um, it is. Thank you. We, he passed away while we were on tour. Um, but I was actually in the band. I was the other guitarist. Um, so I was actually on that tour, but it was like a couple of gigs in. It happened. And um, uh, and then we just continued with one guitar with me on guitar. Yeah. So it wasn't kind of like. Um, wasn't kind of like I was sort of flown in to do it or anything, you know. I was we were kind of up and running already, you know. And I'd worked with Adam uh before that as well. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh and it's you know, it's good that Adam is still is still working. It's you know, hell, a lot of the bands from that time, you know, are they're making big comebacks these days. You know, that whole that whole style yeah. that time from the mid eighties on forward is is been stellar stuff. And it's you know, people miss it and they love it and you know, God knows some of the stuff that's being released these days is kind of questionable, but, uh, you know, some, some of the really slick plastic stuff you see coming out of Nashville and things like that, it's like, whoa, hey, you know, what, let's go back to the way things worked, you know? You know, and right. what, you, what you guys were doing back then was, you know, it, it worked. It was it was hooky. It, yeah. uh, it satisfied, you know, everybody loved it. Yeah, I think that the great thing about Adam is that he what you can't really compare him to anyone else. You know, that you no. can't compare the music or the image to anyone else. He got lumped in with the kind of new romantics and all that, but um, I think he was kind of doing that before before Boy George and all that came uh, came around and got famous. So um, yeah, he definitely uh, paved the way for a lot of stuff in the early '80s, especially with his videos getting on MTV and all that. Uh, well, the timing of that could not have been any better because by the time it, you know MTV launched, you know how many how many careers did they launch with that thing? You know, just uh, you, you know, it used to be you just had to have a demo, and then it was hey, well, how many videos you got on MTV? You know, what's you know what's the, what? How are they tracking? Because that you weren't nothing until you had a had a video over there, and of course now it's all changed even further. So you know, you know, what, you, what do you do to compete now? You know, you're like your solo stuff. I mean, I know you got some videos up on YouTube and you're, you're pushing it that way, but you know, how do you, how do you push a new act these days? Well, with my solo stuff, I kind of, um, I mean, the reason I called it scant regard was kind of, a that was kind of how I felt about it. I just didn't really care about how I was perceived. I just wanted to do exactly what I wanted. And, um, so I kind of just do it. I kind of do it for myself and if anyone else likes it then fine you know I mean and I've got I've got on the radio a couple of times with certain things I've done and um and that's great you know but I just uh like I say I love playing live and that's just another reason for me to go out and and do it live you know so I don't I, you know I do do a lot of stuff online though yeah I do do a lot of little videos and adverts and stuff um um but yeah it's all kind of uh homegrown it's all uh diy stuff you know did you do any of those uh like those streaming shows like a lot of a lot of people were doing through facebook or wherever where it's like you know maybe just you and a guitar and a, maybe another singer or, mm. or whatever and you know had that was it the old the old paypal tip jar thing going on and just to give you know keep yourself out there because with that lockdown last year last year was awful and you know how here was you know nobody doing anything except from you know trying to just show up in social media and make something happen did, did you do any of that stuff um i did uh i actually did a whole set uh, in a studio um and people could buy tickets for it and all that and i think that's still up actually um so that was um i didn't really want to go into the whole sitting there with an acoustic guitar thing you know um 
which is fine. That's fine. People want to do that, but that's not really what I've ever done. You know, I've, I've always sort of, like I say, I like, I love electronic music. So I like to do it how, how I want it to sound rather than sort of stripping it down, you know? So maybe I should have, maybe I'd have made a bit, made a few tips, you know, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> something to keep a little beer uh, in the glass if possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I kind of really, I, I really respect people that can do that, you know, and, um, and some, you know, I've seen people that are just learning new songs, you know, even if they're doing just covers, you know, um, learning new songs every day so they can go online and play them to everyone. That's great, you know, but I just kind of, um, I kind of wanted to do it uh, a bit more like a proper gig, you know, oh, so I absolutely. did that. That was the only thing I did really now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to you got to do what you have to do, and and uh, and, and mm. if, I guess for somebody like you who loves the stage so much and playing in front of a big room, it was hard to be able to have to you know you had to sit down and not do it. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, you you obviously you get used to periods in between touring, you know, and that can go on for a couple of months at a time. But it's just yeah, this one did it did go on a bit. Yeah. <laughs> A, a little a little longer than I think anybody ever really expected it to, right? That's it. Yeah. yeah well, things are opening up now, so things are things are going hopefully a little smoother for you and a, a little brighter winter ahead of us, maybe. You know. Yeah. Uh, I hope so. It's still quite warm here, actually. So. Yeah, it's nice here. <laughs> you need is, to come, uh, very unusual. You need to come to Memphis when all of this uh, when all this backs down and uh, and and. Come. I've never been to Memphis. I can't believe it really because oh, uh, yeah. I've toured the States so many times and for some reason never none of the gigs have ever been booked in Memphis um it's so I'd love to come here yeah. yeah it lives up to the hype you know the 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 hype yeah. of you know being a music town and where you know the whole Elvis thing I mean it's not as not as yeah. big as it once was I mean because I think a lot of the uh that demographic is you know we get a lot of tourists that come in for it, but you know the the independent rock and roll scene is is massive here there's a you know of course a big blues scene and uh you know there's there's all sorts of styles and things i mean there's live music probably six seven nights a week in this town easily you know in various venues so you you would you wouldn't you wouldn't be lack for entertainment you know even just to see it but there's some good rooms to play i'd love to see yeah Yeah, come on down i love one of my favorite films is mystery train and that's all set uh, around there so um, i'd like to go to those areas where that was filmed yeah that would be kind of fun wouldn't it (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah especially when you get into like north mississippi and you see some of the influences like well hell look at you know the how how the rolling stones came together with uh you know with muddy waters in them and you know that's still that that thing is still here you know we have a a show we run on sunday nights called the booze and blues and we we bring in it's a three-hour radio show and we bring in uh, a lot of legacy artists and other musicians and they play in studio for for the, the entire time they're there and and of course, they're telling us stories right. and things that they have, you know, seen and been a part of. And you get some of these older cats in there that have you know, that have been around for a long time, and you hear some of the horror stories that they that they went through. And, and it's just it's mm. just remarkable. It's like no wonder you guys got the blues. You know, you guys have been screwed everywhere you turn. Uh, you know? Yeah. Well, I guess that's where the blues comes from, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it can. You know, it's there's a there's a lot to it. I've learned more about it than I ever thought I ever would. That's 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 certainly certainly a thing was uh what, what was the what was the stuff that you were listening to when you were growing up aside from the beatles um uh, i well actually the first band i ever saw was adam and the ants so that was kind of like a really big influence right from when i was you know before i was a teenager really um and then i got into more electronic stuff i got into like depression mode and cabaret voltaire bands like that um 
you know, and, and a lot, I love pop music as well, you know, so um, uh, real pop music that is, you know. Uh, uh, so, yeah, there's a few bands like that that I, I was into growing up. Yeah, not really into the formulaic pop stuff, what they call checklist music is around here where they these producers say, well, okay, yeah. your song has to have this, 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 and this, and this in it, or we're not going to touch yeah. it, you know. No, that's the thing, because like um, in the eighties, it was kind of uh, it was there. There was no formula, you know. That you you could you could be experimental and still get in the charts, you know. Um, um, and I just don't think it's as easy to do that now, because you have to. There's there's certain things you have to do, you know, because people's attention spans are so short. Um, you have to have the chorus within a certain amount of seconds or something. I haven't even looked into it because I just don't care really. It's dumb. They even go so far as to tell you how many beats per minute the thing has to be. And if it's, Ah, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's so odd. And there's these people now, you know, like that I joke about Nashville and all that quote unquote country music that comes out of there, but you know, that, you know, they sell it. They, you know, those records, they sell a shitload of them. And, uh, you know, obviously somebody's buying it. You know, there's a reason behind yeah. it, but there's no staying power with those artists. You know, they're here and they may put out three records, a couple of tours, and then they're done. They're, you know, the next the next young kid is just sitting there waiting to get, you know, get ready to get picked up. You know, there's no, there's yeah, no yeah. real workhorses anymore, you know? Yeah, I guess that's kind of like almost like the new pop music, isn't it? That's the new sort of, um, uh, it's almost like an advert. Or something. It's just like on tv and then you know and then you're not <laughs> yeah like america's got talent or you know i, I know that there's yeah, a exactly, show yeah. over there you know and yeah. it's and you you look at it and you just kind of shake your head and you go none of these people are really that good you know there's no real staying power and that's like what you were saying being experimental being a little avant-garde even though back then it was a it seemed a little easier to get on the charts but at the same time look what happened you know you you've got these mm. acts that had always been around for so long because of their willingness to step out of that, step out of that box and just do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That's why I think with, you know, what you're doing here with uh, scant regard, I think has, you know, I think that's why not, you know, why not do it? You know, if it turns into something, you never know what it's going to turn into. You know, there may be some other artists out there that you haven't collaborated with that might you know listen to this and say, Hey, listen, I got some ideas and, Next thing you know, you're on a you know you're on a commercial soundtrack, or you're in a movie, you know, uh, doing some movie mm. work because that's a, that's big bucks there. So you know, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, I'm up for that. If anyone wants me, who <laughs> <laughs> knows? Who um, knows? Uh, where where can uh, where can folks discover the uh, scant regard stuff that we've been talking about? That's that's your current site, isn't it? Your current website? Uh, yeah, the website is scantregard.com. Um, and all my music's available there, and there's some videos and stuff. Um, I've also got another band called She Made Me Do It, um, and we're playing. We've been playing this week actually, um, just around London, um, and we've got a new EP out as well. So, um, and that's shemmdi.com. Right um, yeah. So when you when you say you're playing around London, you're you're playing. Is it is it part of the club scene that you're in, or are you actually working other like venues? Uh, yes, we'll be doing clubs this week. Uh, we're actually doing a festival tomorrow in Camden, down the road from where I live. Um, uh, not an outdoor festival, just like a small club, uh, but they've got about 10 bands on, I think. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of that that level we're doing it at. Um, but we've done a few bigger gigs as well. We've done some sort of bigger festivals as well. 
Well, that's it, it. Sounds good. It sounds like you have a you know you have a good uh, end of the year coming, and hopefully next year will be so much more you know more interesting for you that at least you know and staying out there. Yeah, working. absolutely. Yeah, and I'm sure Adam will keep so. you, Adam will probably keep you busy as well. I hope. Well, we got a big UK tour uh, starting in February, so um, there's that, and then there'll be more festivals, I think, and hopefully a US tour as well. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Make sure you get Memphis on that bill right there. Hell, you yeah. Know, uh, I, I know some so people. Great, we yeah. can, we'll get you a room. No, there's not a there's no problem with that. We can make that happen for you and book an extra day so you guys can have some fun here in town because there's a lot to do here. Oh, that'd be amazing! Yeah, I'd love to have a day off. <laughs> that'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> that would yeah. be great. Yeah. Keep us in mind. Yeah. Uh, Will, we're going to turn you loose, uh, you know, into your early Sunday morning. I thank you for so, so much for your time and uh, for the conversation. And if there's anything we can ever do for you, just, you know, feel free to reach out to us. All right, my friend. Uh, thanks, Rick. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers, man. Will Crudson, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, this is Reverend Oma with the Broom Closet Metaphysical Shop. We have a huge selection of spiritual supplies and gifts for whatever your path or practice. We stock hundreds of gemstones and specimens and carry a variety of beautifully crafted gemstone jewelry starting at just $10. Our talented staff offer tarot readings, aura and chakra analysis, and sound baths. Book your appointment or shop online at thebroomcloisetmemphis.com or visit our shop in downtown Memphis at 552 South Main. Come to the Broom Closet and let us help you light your path. Know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school can feel like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. FindSomethingNew.org offers resources that help develop new skills. Skills that can position you for careers in today's growing industries, from healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Find your path to a new career at FindSomethingNew.org. A message from the Ad Council. Here's what's coming up on the next episode from Radioland with Rick Cheddar. It was hard. I was doing a lot of film work and a lot of just like running around New York, trying to make ends meet. And uh, the pandemic gave me the opportunity in that, in that weird way to, to really produce five songs. And uh, this first one, Hazy Dreams, the one that just came out yesterday, being the first uh, of the bunch. And uh, so that was a pandemic project and, and making music videos with my with my girlfriend. Um, just like both of us, we, we played a lot with like Super 8 cameras and just like tried to get creative. Right. Um, yeah, good, good pandemic project. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's kind of cool. So on this on this on this song, uh, Hazy Dreams. Did, now, did you did you work with uh, any other artist with this thing, or was it all just you and you and your girlfriend, or is this solo you on every instrument that happened in this thing? How did how did this uh, record no. get made? Yeah, I mean, I I wrote it, and it was the way I started it was two years ago. For previous episodes, go to radio-memphis.com. To download episodes to your mobile device, search the show in iTunes, player.fm, stitcher.com, pocketcast, or tune in. And now, here's more with Rick Cheddar from Radioland. There you go. You heard what's coming up next time on the program. It's a uh, conversation with uh, Luca James, uh, musician. Be some fun stuff happening your way. Got a bunch of stuff that's coming our way, too, thanks to our our friends over at World Star Promotions, uh, Eileen, who is uh, actively uh, booking for this program now, so that's uh, that's cool. Uh, we, we're getting to meet some uh, neat folks along the way. You know what I'm saying? I uh, had an interesting si- situation that developed uh, a scenario, if you will, in, excuse me, involving uh, a friend of mine I hadn't seen in a while, and uh, 
Random. I said, "What are you, what are you doing? What are you, what are you up to? Where you going?" Hey, hey, hey. And he said he was he was uh, he was taking some friends to some place. I don't know what it was, and uh, just dropping them off. I said, "Just dropping. You're not going to. The, you're not doing this thing. What, what's 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 up with that?" And, and uh, he said, "No, I can't go because I'm not vaccinated." I went, "What? Not vaccinated? Why aren't you vaccinated? You're giving away. It's my body, my choice. I'm not getting the shot, man. Not gonna do it." And I said, "Man, I." We've lost so many people that were unvaccinated. Why? We, oh, I've lost a lot of friends who were fully vaccinated and had the boosters and everything. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I hate to see that. I just, you know, uh, the vaccine is a thing. I know it's your choice. You can do whatever it is that you like. Um, the unvaccinated are going to have a hell of a time trying to uh, to trying to go places and do things. I mean, you know, the hell I just saw one, uh, one club, uh, uh, the uh, RP tracks has a sign out there. It says, you got to show us your, you show us your vaccine card or a, uh, or a negative test that was in, I don't know, 24 hours or so before we let you in here. And people are like, well, you can't do that. It's, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, they can. It's, it's a private business. It's like, it's like, it's sort of like the same line, that uh, the 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 former president of the United States, the, that Trump guy, uh, he filed suit last uh, Friday. <laughs> he filed a suit in federal court. He's demanding that uh, the people that run Twitter uh, uh, let him have his account back because you know he was kicked off of there. <laughs> and he want, he's demanding the court tell Twitter that he has to be back on there, and it's it's not it's it's going to be thrown out. It, you can't have a court tell a business who you can and cannot serve. That whole, you know, you you can refuse service to anybody. That's that's kind of an American thing. <laughs> you, you know that is. You know we've all heard it. Don't do that kind of stuff. Don't act like an ass and violate the you know terms of service of which you agreed upon when you when you signed up for the for the account. If you if you play by the rules, you get to hang out and have some fun. The second you you can't go into a ball pit at a McDonald's and drop your pants and expect things to go well. That's that's sort of the McDonald's will throw you out, and you can't go to go to the court and say, "Hey, uh, judge, I, I demand to be uh, allowed back into the McDonald's." And they say, "Well, why did you why did you get kicked out of there?" And you say, "Well, um." I dropped my pants in the ball pit and and they threw me out and they're going to go, well, they were right to throw you out and you're banned. Don't go to McDonald's no more. Dumbass. That's, that's dumbass is the thing. They should, that's just, <laughs> it's almost like a scarlet letter A. Instead of that, we'll just put a big D on your forehead for dumbass because there's a lot of them. And if you don't like the way the world works with this vaccine, you know, tough. I hate to be that, you know, be that way i'm you know uh, i don't have any sympathy for you that way i mean i know it's your body your choice best of luck with that you know we all make boneheaded decisions from time to time i'd like to think i didn't when i got the vaccine because i've had it now for a while and seems things seem to be going okay you know there's there is that so you know do what you can to take care of yourself and and it's not that's just it the vaccine's not for you it's for everybody else that's you know, people don't understand that because we're all narcissists we're all just a bunch of naked hairless apes traveling through space in an organic spaceship just chattering away and talking about ourselves hell the first satellites we put into outer space were cameras that we aimed back at ourselves. That's 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 what it that's what it is. It's what it was. So you know, 
try and take care of yourself. Uh, like like we say at the air, and I'll say it right here since we're wrapping it up this time out. Uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. And for God's sake, stop shooting each other, all right? I'm Rick Cheddar, and this has been from Radioland. Rick Cheddar from Radioland is produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. All music performed during this episode was used by permission. No part of this program can be rebroadcast or used in any other way except by written consent. For more, go to radio-memphis.com.